There was a study that was done. It was the Minnesota Longitudinal Study of a Risk and Adaptation. It was a 35-year study, and what they showed was that kids who have a secure attachment history ended up that they were more likely to develop a greater sense of agency, better emotional regulation, higher self-esteem, better coping under stress, closer friendships in middle school, better coordination of friendships and social groups in adolescence, more trusting and positive romantic relationships in adulthood, greater social competence, more leadership qualities, happier and better relationships with parents and siblings sounds to me right like those are some great things (laughs) for most of human history people have parented the way their parents and grandparents did with culture providing the cues we call this parenting 1.0 for various reasons parents began to question these approaches and we started turning more and more to so-called experts to learn to parent This was the beginning of Parenting 2.0. This allowed for some real advances, but also a lot of confusion as we got further and further away from our natural parenting instincts. Parenting 3.0 is about reclaiming those instincts and integrating them with our current understanding of child development. It brings together the wisdom of the past with the best scientific and psychological research of the present. Parenting 3.0 isn't a fad or a quick fix. It's a set of principles that allows us to engage with our kids and life from an informed and empowered place. I'm Jai Flicker. And I'm Deb Blum. Welcome Welcome to to Parenting Parenting 3.0. So today we're talking about attachment theory. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a pretty big topic that we're going to talk about over many, many episodes, but today we want to do an introduction, right? That's yeah. the plan. Yeah. And before we even get started on exactly what attachment theory is, um, we will maybe just start off with just talking about why attachment is important. Love is it. Is that a good starting place? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm imagining that different people will have very different levels of familiarity with the concept of attachment and have heard about it from different sources and so just um trying to start from the ground up here i think will be really useful um and um and and i think one simple way to get at the importance and value of learning about attachment is um to look at it from the child side and on the one hand and on from the parent perspective on the other and as we'll talk about in depth on this episode and in future episodes attachment is a fundamental human need it's maybe arguably the preeminent fundamental human need and um and as such it fuels human development so from the child perspective having a secure attachment will help the child grow and mature and develop as a as a individual on 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 a number of different levels um, starting with the neurological and all the way to the behavioral so that's the child side on the parent side it turns out that 
the the way nature has designed the parent-child relationship is is that and you can see this in human relationships as well as in uh animal relationships that when there is a secure uh, uh functioning attachment connection um the the offspring are more willing and likely to follow the lead of the parent so if you imagine you know um a mama polar bear walking through the snow and the little cubs following along behind that's that's attachment at work and um and so from the parent perspective attachment a strong healthy functional attachment relationship makes it easier to parent it also makes it more enjoyable because there's an uh, an emotional component to uh when attachment is happening that feels good it's sort of we are evolutionarily wired for it and and therefore sort of rewarded for it um and um so it makes parenting easier and more enjoyable and it makes us more effective which also feels good so very simply the two sort of sides of of attachment and and why i think it's so useful and so helpful yeah that's really great and because it's so in line with nature with for both the child and for the parent it is you know you talk about it being easier and i think that's one of the big pieces and one of our big goals right is to try to make take away from this idea that you need to have like a prescriptive approach to how you handle every situation that it's more that it 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 does actually foster this ability for the parent to know what to do in situations because they are it's more natural yes, it's more natural yes. for them. i'll give one quick example uh, with my two-year-old so understanding how attachment works gives me more confidence to lean into it when when i'm feeling frustrated or something's not going smoothly so for example getting her socks on this morning <laughs> or at other, <laughs> other other mornings um if she's sort of not being cooperative um i i let me let me let me say this way i notice that she is a lot more cooperative when she's filled with attachment energy when she's feeling really i can tell that she's had uh she feels relaxed and connected and we've had time to hang out so if she's not feeling cooperative it's a reminder or a signal to me that she might not have gotten those needs met yet and so i will um, I will lean into attachment and sort of spend a little time connecting with her bonding instead of trying to get into, you know, f- you know, force that, uh, conflict, that, that power struggle, I'll back off, connect with her. And then once she's, it's almost like once she's finished that emotional meal and she feels satisfied, then I'm like, okay, let's get your socks on. And then she hands me her foot. So it, and it's not like she's consciously withholding until you know it's not a it's not a strategy it's on her part it's just there is a a instinct for cooperation that gets activated when our attachment needs are being met yeah so that's that's obviously a very sort of small mundane example but it I think it it scales across all the different ages and all the different situations. 
Well, especially because it's one of the most um, challenging pieces for most parents is the, I mean, I know when my kids were little, like getting out of the door, out the door in the morning was one of the hardest things and to know that it might not just be them being difficult and it might actually be something else and having another possible way. I mean, I think what we're trying to say is like, if you, if we come from this way, sort of at the undercurrent of everything, then we actually can tap into that that becomes available to us all the time it's not a strategy so much as a way of being like you just knew that that's what like oh that this is something that i would want to give a try you know right now and it and it ends up probably more times than not being exactly what she needed yeah yeah and i think just as i'm even talking this out right now i'm realizing that for me the the it, it at times it is hard for me to like not get sucked into the the frustration Mm -hmm. um but but the easy the ease part comes when after i've kind of held back and and resisted that temptation to kind of just force the issue because i'm getting impatient and i've made sure her needs are met i i i then when i come back and i'm you know i'm like okay let's see if this works here it's time to get your socks on and then she just puts her foot up here you go i'm like Ah, that's mm-hmm. how it should be in mm-hmm. a sense. Maybe not how it should be, but that's how it can be. And that yeah. and so there so it's not like it was even easy the whole time, but the actual thing that was really hard before became easy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just want to try to paint as realistic a picture as possible yeah, here at the of outset. Course. And but I just want to say something too. I yeah. think about even as an adult, like I'm highly I'm far more motivated to cooperate if you want to use that word yeah. with someone when I feel connected to them Love than it. when I'm feeling like if someone just comes in and demands something of me and I have no context and no yeah. well, you know no relationship you? I'm like you know <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen yeah. but with someone like if you ask me to do something I you know I have a connection with you and even more so if we've actually spent some time together before you ask me there's a much greater likelihood that I'm just you know wanting to do something to that would be you know cooperative if you will yeah, yeah. It's, and so it's, it's not it's a kid thing, really. Yes, for sure. It's inherent in the attachment um, dynamic or, mm-hmm. or, or, or bond across all ages. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. I want to just share real quick the some of the things, just on the level of, look, why is attachment important? Great. And what it maybe provides, if you want to, I hate to use that word, but... Um, there was a study that was done. It was the Minnesota Longitudinal Study of Risk and Adaptation. Where did they come up with that mm-hmm. name? MLSRA. It was a 35-year study, and it was about the the quality of early attachment, and then like what it, how it, what are the implications later in life. And what they showed was that kids who have a secure attachment history ended up that they were more likely to develop a greater sense of agency, better emotional regulation, higher self-esteem, better coping under stress, closer friendships in middle school, better coordination of friendships and social groups in adolescence, more trusting and positive romantic relationships in adulthood, greater social competence, more leadership qualities, happier and better relationships with parents and siblings sounds to me right like those are some great things (laughs) yeah it's it's so it's almost like i would imagine if i was listening to this and hearing this for the very first time and i'd maybe heard of attachment theory or um the concept of attachment that that might 
be hard to believe. And I think for me, it was in the beginning, kind of like hard to, to I, I, I'm a pretty, like, I think a health, healthily skeptical um, ingester of new information. And so um, I wanted to understand how that could be true, not just that it was. So um, if somebody hears this and just goes, oh my God, that's awesome, great. But if, if, if you're more a little bit more skeptical, I think that's awesome too. And um, our, my, my, my goal is to, over, over time, because it takes time to lay this all out, uh, even more than just one episode, um, to present the information clearly enough and with enough comprehensiveness that it, it actually answers the question, like, how is that? How does it do that? Why does it lead to that? How yeah. it does it really lead to that? Mm-hmm. And to get to the point where it makes sense to everyone, like, oh, I can see how even it could possibly do that. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the other things I can imagine, I know that I have thought, and I'll actually explain a little bit about my experience on this, is that the question of like, is there, like, a person might also be thinking, my kid's 17 years old, it's too late. I already, you know, I already. First of all, probably this is not true, but that you might in your head might be thinking like, oh man, I already messed this up. And yeah. I just want to say that I don't, I, I know that that's not true. I don't just think it's not true. I've watched many people, grandparents and and parents reconcile relationships with their children after they learn more about attachment theory. They're able to put in place, new, you know, take responsibility for things that they did and repair because actually I, I don't even think I understood as much as I do now that um it's not necessarily about getting it right all the time it's you know in fact i i'm surprised i've i've seen this several times but i i read it again recently that in healthy securely attached relationships misattunement happens something like 70% of the time and that um so it's not like the it's not this is not a, a you know you need to be, you get it right a hundred percent of the time in order to nail this this is about being in relationship with a person which means that sometimes you're also going to make mistakes and that repair is part of it like repairing yes. relationships yes. is actually a big piece of yeah. how we end up with secure attachment yes for sure and the repair process deepens attachment mm-hmm. and it also it's like a really a, a vital life skill to to learn is to is that that conflict and, and disconnection is is inevitable in all, any relationship and so that's part of a real human relationship it's not even getting it wrong it's it's just yeah. part of real life and so having that cycle of like connection and then conflict or dis- disconnection and then repair and reconnection and and having having that be uh, just a like really healthy part of family life is that's that's going to build resilience and social and emotional intelligence I mean it's yeah. it's really good and I and I even want to add one thing it's like um, it turns out that this stuff is so fundamental so instinctive and in, in, that lots of parents are you, you don't have to be taught about attachment theory to be doing it totally, already yeah. big time so for me, um, and I think we've talked about this, so I, I think it's true for you as well. You can obviously speak to that, but um, that learning about this has confirmed things that I already felt to be true, has um, 
encouraged me to stay the course with things that I already felt were working and has helped refine some things that were already working very well or maybe working somewhat well but could be better and then also filled in gaps where I, I just had blind spots or I had you know kind of underdeveloped aspects of myself that I, I realized oh I really need to um, I really need to work on this so it's it's um, I, I think it would be a rare 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 exception that someone would hear all about attachment and go I'm not doing any of that already totally right yeah right and, and even if a person thinks they're not they probably still are I agree you know 100%. because there's a I don't know a, if a, I don't know I, I think you would really have to be li- a, like a literal absolute sociopath to not be doing mm-hmm. any of I agree. any of this like so if you are maybe if you're a serial killer <laughs> out there and have kids <laughs> then that could be the situation but everyone else this that that's not the case but people tend to be i think people tend to be tough on themselves and sometimes there's a way we might look at what we do and not give ourselves credit for what we do and even when i said like you know like you might get it wrong i think one of the challenges in parenting is how often we feel we got it wrong you know, even if it really is just a, a normal product of being a human being in messy relationships. Yes. But there's a way that we feel like we got it wrong. And it's nice to know that if we have that feeling that we got it wrong, it doesn't mean that you actually have to sit in that space, that there's a lot of opportunity for repair. And it's probably even worthy for us to do an entire episode on repair, because I think people, when people think repair, I think a lot of people think just an apology. And while that can be worthy, there's so many ways that we can repair. That's a great point. You know, and yeah. so... Um, it feels like it might be a good time for me to just talk a little bit about you asked you said that you know like how it's been for you around attachment yes. and I'll tell a little bit about what's Please, happened yeah, for me yeah. so I've had some like humbling experiences re- recently which is really great and um, I always like to be humbled but <laughs> <laughs> um, I am so I have been a student as have you of Gordon Newfeld for a long time. I read his book Hold On to Your Kids. I don't know. I mean, it had to have been at least 10 years ago, but let's just say even more than that. I want to say it was when my oldest was about 5. And I read it and um I thought it was a hard read to, hard read, but yeah. I did read it and I and, and, and just just for context for anyone who's never heard of him, which might be everyone, um he is a Canadian psychologist and developmental theorist and who who and a huge part of like a huge part of the area of development that he focuses on is attachment right yeah so and right. hold on to your kids is all a lot of it's it's centers on attachment and some issues relating to it Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for doing for saying that. And so when I learned about this, I've been I've since then tried to put it into practice in my life even more. But um, uh, so I'll say I'll work from recent to the past for a moment here. So recently, because I wanted to better understand some of the terminology, I decided to take a Gordon Newfeld class called the Attachment Puzzle, and. It was about 16 hours and it was so 
great. And I can't, now I feel even more excited to share about um, attachment. So, you know, before that I was thinking, oh, I'm going to share about attachment based on my experience, which is helpful. But I was finding that I didn't have some of the language that I wanted, even having read the book. First of all, I read it a long time ago. Second of all, it was not exactly, um, uh, it wasn't it just it just didn't penetrate me the way that this did somehow being able to have seen now that my kids are 15 and 17 it's almost like i can see when i'm listening to them i can see it play out in their lives in a different way so so what was humbling for me was first of all just i guess i felt a little bit humbled by like nature just by nature and just by like how amazing we are as humans and how if we can really rely on human nature and actually uh, go there, that we can see that like all this stuff that we do, this efforting that we do around parenting and like trying to try strategies and all this stuff when actually, you know, it's the relationship that's the fundamental key. And that if we can shift away from the role of being a parent and into the relationship between a parent and child, that that is like the ticket and so wait can you say that last part again because i feel like it is a key insight and i just want yeah i want to like really pause on that and emphasize Mm, it the shifting yes from the role of being a parent yeah into the relationship that is between the parent and the child and so it's really shifting from role to relationship can you and can you maybe just say one or I mean we'll come back yeah. to it again but one or two things about that because I just I mean I just think it's so key what I always said from the probably from the beginning of time with my kids but I don't but I, I know I can remember more and you know more recently is in my head I would always just recite the relationship comes first I would just over and over and over again say the relationship comes first. So I would actually try to ask myself as quickly as possible, and believe me, it wasn't perfect, but I would ask myself as quickly as possible, is this in service of a better relationship with my child or is this going to degrade my relationship with my child? And it was kind of the way that I handled situations. So it would be what would stop me from sometimes doing things that I knew could be hurting them, hurting me, hurting us. Just a very simple kind of universal heuristic or yep. you know question to, to to check to see if you were aligned with your core value or not yeah right and so then it became kind of relationship first is what i would just say be like deb sometimes i'd be like deb like don't say anything right now relationship first like oh, i know you want to say this thing right now but like this is not going to be helpful for your relationship at this moment yeah. and that if you go back and you actually process it a little bit more you might be able to come back and say this in a way that's more like relationship preserving Love so that. it was was it attachment not exactly and i think we it will be helpful for us to talk a little bit more about um how we can how the words how, how the words might there can be some semantics that could benefit from a little bit of, but some i think nuance, right now some nuance, some nuance. Yeah. but right now for the purposes of yeah, because, this it's because, like because i think what you're hinting or at or alluding to is that all too often people who have a very kind of introductory sense of that or just have heard the term it just sounds like attachment just sounds like just cuddling (laughs) and just like you know being warm and fuzzy all the time and that that's gonna Mm -hmm. solve all these problems and and that is a very um I think a very limited view and actually maybe confusing or or such a partial 
um, view that it would um, it would confuse more than it would inform. Yes, and it's and because it's also not permissiveness, and it's also not right. I mean, it's not, and it's not, and it's not like sweetie voice. It's like kind of you know, there's so much to attachment. But I think that I didn't. This is a this is actually me going back to when they were little because when I I didn't think. um, So first of all, when they were very very little, I think I did learn about attachment in certain ways. But um, mostly what I learned about was attachment parenting. But I don't think I fully even understood. And, you know, and I'll let you share in a moment how you see the difference. But I don't think I fully even knew what was going on for me. So I was, um, I had a preemie, my first baby. And so he was five and a half weeks early. I was not ready. I like had no idea that this was going to be happening on that very day. And so it wasn't like I, I don't even think I was, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think people are so much more conscious about how they want to be as a parent now. (laughs) I was just more like, I'm having a baby. This is exciting. And then he's five weeks early and it's a C-section. So, you know, nothing was what I was expecting. And, but I had read enough before that of just, you know, like the, what to expect when you're expecting. And I did have like my idea of a birth plan and I was going to, you know, I was, I was going to be at the hospital, but I still wanted it as natural as possible. And lo and behold, I end up with this, an emergency C-section. And and not only that, but he can't nurse. So we had to syringe feed him in the beginning, like a little bird. And he is, um, you know, he's immature. He's just got an immature digestive system. There are all kinds of things happening. And so when we're leaving the hospital, the doctor says to us, and luckily we had a doctor who, who was attachment oriented. Hmm. Because this is a bit, so we're talking 17 years ago. 17 and a half almost years ago um the doctor says kangaroo care which i didn't know at the time what that was but i figured it out which is skin to skin contact as Mm. much skin to skin Mm. contact as you can possibly have Mm. and this was even before really baby wearing was like vogue like you know yes people were baby wearing there were baby bjorns and i wore one but it wasn't quite the same as it is now so you have to kind of think about that you know 17 years ago is actually kind of a long time ago but they also told me to nurse on demand you know, so I was like, okay, wow, okay, like, wow, this is different than what I thought was going to happen. And so my husband and I get home and, you know, I'm on medication. I'm on like Percocet and, you know, and I'm in pain and we're trying to figure this whole baby thing out. And literally we have to wake up in the middle of the night. I have to pump and we have to, my husband has to syringe feed for the first week until finally things get sorted out. But so you can imagine like there's massive pressure on me that I have to, you know, he has to be in the, the, the little, I have this little bed next to the bed and all this stuff. And, and he is, and finally, you know, things start to get a little bit sorted out. I'm going through all kinds of stuff. I remember, I literally, literally remember my husband leaving the one day two like maybe like a two weeks after. And I'm standing in the garage and I'm holding my baby and I'm like crying. I don't know if I can do this without you. You know, like I have no idea if I can do this. And I could just remember that moment. And, you know, and so all of this stuff, like, you know, I'm, we're, we're trying to be the best parents we can be. And I am looking at books, trying to understand what's going on. And I'm reading attachment parenting. And this is the beginning. Now I can see how different attachment parenting is 
from attachment theory. But at the time, that's this is what was present in like mainstream books, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it just seems like that's what was available to me. And attachment parenting, it turns out that I didn't even realize this at the time. It was so strict with these like seven Bs, but like, you know, breastfeeding and, you know, bonding and, you know, I don't even remember what they were, but there, there's a whole bunch of Bs. And those Bs were things that I put a lot of pressure on myself to do. I mean, it, I, it was like... Um, you know, baby wearing, breastfeeding, birth bonding, balance and boundaries, beware of baby trainers. I don't think those existed. I mainly think that at that time, Dr. Sears was saying, um, basically, sleep with your baby. I think these were some of the things. Sleep with your baby, breastfeed on demand, anytime, all the time. And that you had to be incredibly responsive. Like you had to be like just constant, like always responsive. What happened is that I was, I burned myself out. So that's all I can just say is that it was about five years later or four years later that I started to realize that, you know, I really, really did burn myself out. The second, my second child came along and I, and he wasn't quite as demanding, but um, he still had his own set of demands. And um, I wanted to, I felt like, well, if I gave it to Jake, then I need to give it, you know, like I need to give it to us. So anyway, so we, um, so I did and, but it was a lot because I put massive pressure that I thought that I had to be this idealized version of a parent that met every single need that, and, and by the way, both of my kids had milk intolerance and both of my kids had, um, reflux Mm. and, um, when we finally got it in order, they were amazing. They like were like, so just like the most amazing children, but before that they cried a lot because they were uncomfortable. And um and you know what? I was not going to stop breastfeeding. I'm like I'm going to figure this out. And but that was like pressure. There was yeah. so much yeah. pressure and yeah. you know and and I remember recently reading something that said that a mother who breastfeeds but is anxious and like stressed out is actually if you really are talking about secure attachment, that's actually worse in many ways than if you just said okay no we're gonna bottle feed but you did it with a lot of like care and attunement yeah, and yeah. and love you yeah. know and, and and not to say that there isn't love i mean so i may have been more stressed out forcing kind of this whole nursing thing and so i so that was also what was humbling yeah. is i had this like humbling thing that occurred to me which was that you know Oh, like I, I really could have been easier on myself if I had learned attachment theory instead and realized that it's not about being a perfect mother. It's not about having to do everything exactly the way that I'm supposed to. And by the way, I wasn't even. It's not even that I was because no one can be. No, it's just, but you were trying. But I felt the pressure <laughs> of it, right? I mean, no one can be a perfect parent. You're still yeah. human. You still have needs. I had to go to the bathroom sometimes. I had to, he cried while I went to the bathroom or took yeah. a shower. So yeah. it's not like I... Well, and if you're sitting there thinking, and this is the problem with um, any sort of parenting strategy that's not presented with a, you know, a certain minimum level of theoretical background, it's just like, you know be responsive like i agree with those three like if you can breastfeed mm-hmm. that's ideal right if you can um and and you know you obviously want to bond with your child and um and you want to be responsive i, I mean i totally agree with that but but you can see how you know in just in your case alone if you're going and if you're taking a shower and you hear your baby crying and you just think oh my god i'm not being responsive i'm not being responsive without the theoretical background to understand that some separation is going to be 
just fine and babies are resilient and that they just that when the, then when you do come back and and reestablish that attachment it actually teaches them that oh i can trust that we can be apart and then we'll you know we'll reunite that that's yeah. not only okay it's actually helpful it's a necessary part of 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 the growing up process and exactly so 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 yeah so so just parenting strategies sort of that are floating out there even if they're good without the background can be problematic yeah right so yeah and and a lot of times what ends up happening is because it's also it like where attachment theory as an example is so rooted in human nature it is it does really feel good when you're doing it you know and when and when I was with attachment parenting I didn't really have the basis except for that if you don't do this it will be bad you know like yeah, that was yeah, what I really yeah. held in my head like if I if I you know if I don't it's do not this, really a theoretical framework no. that's just a belief slash right. fear <laughs> right right and they've gone back like so I think people who have gone back who like people who study attachment theory now can go back and look at you know the, the great intentions and absolutely and the the seers you know, doctor. I think it's a doctor and a nurse that um, are married who who coined the term attachment parenting. Their intention was great. They raised eight kids. They probably, you know, it's probably really awesome. Like you know, yeah, and yeah. beautiful. There, but but to come to the depth of attachment theory and understand that there's a lot more room in being a human being. And like I think you you had just said to to me before that you, you know there. Kid, babies are more sensitive and also more resilient than we put like kind of yeah. on both ends of the yeah. spectrum and I think that resilience is important and I think I was definitely buying into the idea that like if I didn't take care of every need then I was not doing it right yeah luckily I did begin to I also believed in which is really good I also am a big believer in um cultivating resilience and in preparing our kids for the future yeah so the good news was that as they started to get older, I already had shifted into wanting to, um, n- you know, I, d- I didn't need to f- fulfill every single need every single second anymore. You know, if they could yeah. make themselves a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, then I let them make themselves a peanut butter and yes, jelly sandwich. Yes. And so luckily I, I think, and then I started to learn and read Hold On to Your Kids. And that was the moment I think where I started to see that I could take a deep breath and that there was a little bit more room for me to exist yeah in the in the relationship it wasn't a hundred percent that like i you know that i had to be focused on them yeah well and i and what i'm hearing you say too and i think this is a super important point is 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 that if you just hear again this is the problem with just hearing parenting advice versus understanding you know how humans bond (laughs) Mm -hmm. is that is that if you hear the advice, and we'll talk more about this, like that it's important to be responsive to your baby's needs, there's a lot of room for interpretation. And maybe maybe my, my child needs a peanut butter and jelly sandwich now. Maybe my child needs a turkey and ham sandwich now. Maybe my, you know, it's like we can, we can end up trying to fulfill all these external demands or, or, or preferences. And, and when when the actual need is is much more simple and internal, it's 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 to feel secure. Yeah. So 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 you you can you a parent can make 
can can support attachment and and secure uh, secure a sense of deep security without having to jump through every little hoop that their child is throwing at them in fact it's probably that's right better it's it's in many ways it's 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 actually can be detrimental to the the dynamic to be just like you know doing that that's such a good point because that's what I think I could have seen going the path going yeah. to had I not had an, another like it, well and I think this goes to the, your point before that I 100% agree with which is that innately I think we do know so much more and that the more uh, the more we can peel away the layers of external pressure of who we are supposed to be the more we'll find the natural place of knowing how to bond with our child and how to be connected. And then, in fact, what I found was that the more that I found that, the less that I felt I had to do all the other like kind of superficial things. And I was trusting in my relationship with my child. So then I started to realize like, oh, well, this isn't really, I mean, yeah, like they want this need met, but like this isn't really what we're really talking about here. You know, we're talking about more on the emotional level like the psychological level and so I luckily I think I got that because I I can see how being responsive can be really like over interpreted interpreted that like it's literally I meet your every demand not just your literal need yeah exactly yeah so that thank you for clarifying that because actually I don't even think I had thought about when that shifted for me as clearly but that really did shift for me Um, and I think that it's attachment theory that helped me to it freed me (laughs) freed me from some of this pressure that i was feeling yeah and and i think one other thing just listening to you talk i'm I'm imagining hearing this for the first time and it's like you know you would almost think like well if i learn attachment theory and i really like value it and then i go and do some and then i integrate it into my parenting wouldn't that just be sort of naturally kind of me doing attachment parenting? And I would say on the one hand, yes, um, but it, but but on the other hand, no. And the no comes from the fact that like attachment parenting is like a trademarked brand of, and, and, and you know, whatever your opinion of attachment parenting is, or if you don't even have one, it's, that's just a fact that's a, that so, yeah. and that's, so that's like a, it's now kind of has some associations and and some prescriptions that that are associated with it so we could it, it could be confusing to talk about attachment parenting tm on the one hand and, mm-hmm. and just a, attachment parenting not the sears version of it uh and i think you, the the good news is you kind of don't need the the qualifier attachment because all parenting involves attachment so Mm -hmm. so if you learn attachment theory and then you you integrate it into consciously integrate it into how you're relating to and raising your children you're going to be doing attachment parenting aka parenting exactly (laughs) so what we're really talking about is parenting and even you know the idea of parenting 3.0 is not again it's not like we've talked about before it's not a set of prescriptions that's why we're avoiding giving prescriptions and we're, we're focusing more on principles to apply because that I think helps us to connect to the, the that natural um, 
way of, of relating rather than coming up with this again reinforcing this role of I'm I'm a parent and I and a parent does these things and so I'm going to do these things check 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 yeah yeah especially because just to reiterate this that yeah. the it is for me for sure the more that I became externally oriented on these ideas of like what I was expecting and the check 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 and I need to do these things because I did that you know I was really like I I remember a time when I was like looking around to people and like how do I need to be as a parent what's the best parent like amalgamation of all parents and I'm going to be that parent and the more I did it, the more it took it away, took me away from myself yeah. and then took wow. me away from my natural intuitive sense of how to be a parent. Yeah. So it's really as much as you as much as like you're saying that kind of like, you know, just in contrast of like what we're doing versus not doing. I mean, I honestly think that those strategies are what take us away from that natural ability. I also understand it's hard because there's a lot of strategy out there and there's a lot of pressure that people are feeling to do that so you know I acknowledge the pressure I was in it too and I also say wow like isn't it so nice though that there is another way so I would love for you to talk more about yeah like let's just go into uh, attachment 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 theory theory. we've talked a lot about what it's sort of not i mean we've hinted at what it is and why it's important but but let's talk about attachment theory yes (laughs) thanks everyone that does it for part one and we're excited to bring to you the next episode which will be diving a lot deeper into attachment theory we're going to be talking about something strange very strange strange. well (laughs) actually it's literally the strange situation yes so that'll be part two of this little series that we're doing here on attachment on attachment all about it right and so we invite you to subscribe to like to share share for sure share if you like it please do share with other people and also to leave a comment rate review us that would be really helpful very helpful yes so we'll see you next week all right thanks everyone thanks bye-bye bye